Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, March 28th edition of the OSU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Dean Rule in Stillwater. Uh, Dean, let's just jump right into uh, spring football, uh, which is ongoing. What uh, You, you kind of said something very interesting about Mike Gundy before we went live here. I'll just let you take it from there. Yeah, Patrick, I think it's uh, it's pretty funny. I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's intriguing that Mike Gundy has been in a very good mood uh, the past couple the past couple availabilities and 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 at his press conferences and our, our columnist Bill Haston wrote about this a little bit yesterday so I implore everybody to go check it out but I think Mike Gundy's not one to I think put on a face um, that's not to say he never does it but uh, I, I think he's comfortable and he's confident with with the group that they have going forward and. You know, I asked him yesterday, I said, hey, you, you brought in, they have 28 players there in the spring. They're going to have 37 by the time fall camp rolls around uh, new players. And I said, hey, this seems like a, a risk, right? You know, th this might not all mesh together because when you bring in all these new players, it's what, almost a third of the roster is going to be brand new, Patrick? That's, I asked him, I said, hey, that, that, there's a risk to that, is there not? And he said, yeah, but it's a risk you have to take. I mean, this is the way things are going where the, the transfer portal, and, and he even admitted yesterday, he said, you know, I was I was wrong about the portal. He, he said, I thought it would slow down by now, but if anything, it's it's gotten even more crazy and, and more important to building a roster. And so I think he's he's accepted that, he's embraced it. And, you know, I think it's worth noting here, Patrick, that Mike Gundy is a trailblazer both on the field and off the field with, with what he does. And, and over the years, he's kind of shown to be a pioneer in some areas. And I, I think if this all goes according to plan, how they hope it goes, I think this could be another thing that that he really trailblazes on is is rebuilding. You know, other, other schools have, have done this a putting together teams through the transfer portal and, and having a big prioritization on that. But the way they've done it, where you bring in a ton of older, more veteran guys, guys with maybe one, maybe two years of eligibility left, and you just kind of plug and play them. I think it could, you know, especially at, at super important positions like offensive line and quarterback and uh, linebacker. Well, I know we'll get into that later, Patrick, but Regardless, I think it's going to be super interesting, and his body language and, and his mood kind of seem to indicate he's got some confidence that, that that this might all actually click. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Bill Haston's column because he's, you know, Bill's been pretty pretty close to that program for a long, long time. Before he was a columnist, of course, he was the OSU beat writer, uh, very well connected. So uh, I, when when Bill writes about OSU, I tend to Give, give a lot of weight to it and you know, so I'm glad you pointed that out yeah it's just basically it's you know it's kind of a little bit about what you and I've talked about Dean when I, I feel like OSU and Mike Gundy perform best when not a lot is expected and I'm not saying not a lot is expected I'm not getting into that it's too early to get into all that but generally when when you think they might be down is when Mike Gundy and OSU tend to do pretty well yeah I don't know I, I don't even know if you need to call it expectations. I think uh, Bill, I'm just going to cite Bill again here. He said Mike Gundy seems to perform well when the team feels a little bit cornered. 
Like yeah. this is a make or break moment for them. And, and they always kind of seem to, to get it right. And so I think, again, it is, as you said earlier, Patrick, it is March 28th. There's still a lot of months to go until we actually see a, a regular season football game from this team. But regardless, I think he's, Mike Gundy's shown a little bit of, I'm just going to say, I think, I think he thinks that this team is going to work. And I think that's, that's telling this early in the spring, spring football and this many months out from the regular season. Now, so uh, media is allowed to watch just a little bit of practice, not much, but a little bit. Um, have you been able to observe Brian Nardo in any any capacity? Yeah, so I think that's been the priority for me the past couple of weeks, just kind of watching from a distance, seeing how he likes to run things. And he's he's got that, he's got energy, Patrick. Um, I was talking to the Xavier Benson, the linebacker, um, for the Cowboys, and and he said that they gave him the nickname of Wickman. He kind of just he, he's like a wick on a candle, like he just ignites it. He, he keeps the energy up. Um, so that's Brian Otto, and, and he shows it in the in the limited practice that I've seen. He's he's engaged. He, he's all that. He's he's I think different. He's a little different from the past too. Whereas you know Jim Knowles was very, you know. I think maybe the the easiest word to use here is is business like, very okay. much um, go in get your job done. This is what we're doing now. We go out and execute. Here's how we execute it. Um, and not to say Derek Mason and and Brian Nardo are not that, um, but I think just the personalities are all kind of very different. And for some of these guys, this is going to be the third defensive coordinator in three years for them. Um, and I would say all three of them have had very different personalities and, and just seeing Brian Nardo, I think he's probably the most personable of the three, not to say, and that's not saying the other Jim Knowles and Derek Mason didn't care about the players, but I think he, Brian Nardo very much is, um, he wants to coach you to make you better. Um, I'm going on some tangent here, Patrick. I don't really know where I'm taking it. And, and I'm going to keep saying, well, all three of them technically fit that bill. Um, but I don't know. I, I think as as fans get to learn more about him, I think maybe my point's going to make a little more sense because right now they all fit the mold. All three of them fit the mold that I'm that I'm talking about. But regardless, I think it's just going to be one. Just let the fans kind of learn a bit about this guy and and hear from him and and figure him out and and they'll see. I think I'll, I'll say that. Dean, can you talk about uh, Colin Oliver's move to his back to his high school position of linebacker? Yeah, so obviously Brian Nardo's bringing in a new scheme under Jim Knowles and Derek Mason. OSU ran with a 4-2-5 defensive uh, set, so four down linemen and two linebackers. Now are three down linemen and three linebackers. Um, so Colin Oliver was always coming off the edge uh, under Jim Knowles and, and Derek Mason, and so now... With the three linebackers, obviously you're probably going to want to move somebody from the line and transition them back onto the into the second level there at, at linebacker. And so Colin Oliver made the most sense if we just look like you said. He, that's where he played at uh, Edmond Santa Fe. It's the position he he came in as. Now he's moving back there, and he's he's had to trim a little bit of weight. He said, but nothing too crazy. And, and he's a versatile guy, Patrick. We. I think everybody who's watched OSU football the past two years um, understands that. And I, and I think it's a role that's going to fit him 
really well, especially when we look at the pieces who are going to be put around him. Um, obviously, for all the OSU fans, we're also also Tulsa fans. They'll know Justin Wright and what he did for the Golden Hurricane the past four years. Now you're putting him back there with Colin Oliver. So, so Colin Oliver is going to be an outside linebacker. Um, Justin Wright's going to be your middle linebacker. And then more than likely, Xavier Benson is going to be your other outside linebacker. So that's that's going to be, a, I assume, if if you're making me bet on it today, it's going to be those three as your starters back there. But yeah, Colin Oliver back at linebacker makes sense. Um, I just think he's more, because what you can also do is, since he's so versatile, if you want, you know, it's not going to be exclusively three down linemen, like Gundy was saying last week. Uh, they're going to run times where they're going to have four down linemen. And so Colin Oliver is going to give you that uh, versatility with him. Hey, put him at linebacker this this drive, move him up to the defensive edge this line, uh, this series. All that, he, he's... I, good football players you can put anywhere, Patrick, and and I think I think it's just fair to say let's just say Colin Oliver is a good football player. Um, regardless, though, I, th- I think linebacker he, he could really become something something special back there. Uh, I guess time will tell, as always, but I, I'd have high hopes for that. Yeah, and I think the addition of Justin Wright from the University of Tulsa is going to be a really really key move. I really do. I mean, he had, what, 100 tackles for TU last year? Yeah, he was their leading tackler with uh, 101. That's what it was. Yeah, so. Um, all right, well, let's switch to basketball a little bit. You uh, you had a chance to talk to uh, Coach Boynton, and he was fairly candid in some of his remarks. Why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about that, and we'll get more into that. Yeah, so, I mean, season number six under Mike Boynton has wrapped up, and a 20 and 16 record NIT appearance. They won a couple games in the NIT. I guess if we're going to find any kind of silver lining to talk about there, Patrick. But regardless, uh, Mike Boynton was candid, and so I'll be candid too. I, I think they missed out on they missed expectations. They did not meet the expectations that they had and fans had for the season. Um, and and so now the conversation kind of changes because they're bringing in. So they're bringing in four high school kids, Patrick. Um, one of them, a, a local guy, Connor Dow, and then also Brandon Garrison over in Dell City. And they have another one verbally committed. We'll see if he signs. That's Eric Daly. Um, but anyway, it, it, the conversation now turns to roster turnover. Uh, only two guys are, are out of eligibility, and that's Bernard Kuma and Caleb Asbury. Mike Boynton said over the past week, uh, he's met with every single guy, had conversations. What's the plan? What's the goal? And, you know, he was tight-lipped about who's doing what. But regardless, he said, um, you know, in in all candidness that he's not expecting everybody to be back next year. And, you know, if we start doing the numbers, there's still – I know we talked about this last week, Patrick, about the scholarship spots and and the reduced scholarships from the from the sanctions. So they, what Mike Boynton was saying, obviously it's going to take a little bit. They're going to want to spend a little more time making sure um, what they're going to have next year. But they might use they might have that final scholarship production this year, or they might save it for the following year. Um, so it. it Depending on how this team looks, that might get used, that might not get used. Anyway, I bring this up because you're bringing in a pretty hefty high school class. 
you're only losing you're only losing two guys to graduation. And then he said, you know, hey, we want to hit the transfer portal again. Because if we look, I don't know, I don't know if you're still, I don't know how much March Madness you're watching over there, Patrick, but if you look at these final four teams, what's the one commonality between them all? They are super old, super veteran, built through the transfer portal, fifth-year seniors, sixth-year guys even. Nobody's the, nobody's trotting out a freshman. I mean, you need to be I – mean, the only freshman that I can think of this year that, that did amazing was, you know, Grady Dick up at Kansas. Um, I'm probably going to get beat up for that. Somebody's going to reply, well, you forgot about this guy. But regardless, these teams that are making deep runs and, and – doing something in in the national tournament are experienced guys. And so I think that's what Mike Boynton wants. And they want a playmaker. He said that's a glaring issue they have right now is is they're missing a playmaker. Um, And obviously there's going to be, I think, transfer portals around for college basketball is around a thousand people right now. Um, so there's, there's going to be, a, there's going to be guys you can go after, um, who that is, what that looks like. Time will only tell, but it's clear that they're going to be going back to it again. Do you, just from being around the program, do you have any sense of who might enter the transfer portal? So what it's going to come down to Patrick is not a disgruntled player. Um, talking with some folks, it's, these guys want to come back, but it might not be in their best interest to come back is what it's going to come down to. Meaning? So let's say you have a player who, you know, maybe he's averaging 20 minutes a game, and you, you sit down, you have these conversations with your coach. They say, hey, next year we're looking to bring this guy in, so your time is going to go down to 10 minutes a game, seven minutes a game. Well, hey, maybe that kid wants to be a starter. Okay, well, I can't be here. You know, I like this program, whatnot, but okay, well, you know, I, I want to set myself up for the future. So I'm going to hit the portal and try to go somewhere where I can get 20 to 25 minutes a game. Um, it, uh, every situation is going to be different, uh, but that's the notion I'm kind of getting and understanding right now. Um, regardless, I think you, you will see players go in. Who that is always it always tends to surprise me who who decides to hop in. Um, but I would say there will be some. I, I'll agree. I'll agree with, with what Mike Boynton said. I, I think that there will be some that go in maybe more so for they can't get what they want at OSU rather than, you know, if we go back to January where it was the, the meltdown of the football program. I don't think it's going to be in that kind of situation. I think it's more so going to be these guys are looking for just a better opportunity. So back to football for a minute, Dean. We have Pro Day uh, tomorrow. We're filming this on Tuesday, so tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, OSU has 11 guys participating. Um, that's, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. So it seems like it's a group that's maybe at best late round picks. Um, but of the group, who do you think has a chance to maybe be the highest of the picks? I think it really comes down to two guys, Patrick, and it's either going to be Tyler Lacey or Jason Taylor. I think that's those are the two guys who kind of did this, you know, the the senior bowl circuits of, you know, playing in the whatever they're called, the hula bowl, the senior bowl, whatever these these bowl games are all called 
these these postseason draft scout bowl games and and both of them went to the NFL combine as well. I I would say if anybody's going to get picked, it would be one of those two, whether that be maybe as high as the fifth round, as low as the seventh round. And there's a chance they all kind of end up just signing undrafted free agent contracts, which is possible. And, And I think undrafted free agency is always so fascinating to me, Patrick, because it just goes boom, boom, boom. That draft ends Saturday around like four o'clock and then you just got all kinds of teams scooping up players. So I I think that's what there's no um, Chuba Hubbard or or Tylen Wallace, I think in in this group, that's going to be a third or a fourth round pick, you know, Tevin Jenkins a couple of years ago was a second round pick. I don't think you've got any of that unless somebody just surprises everyone um on wednesday but i I would say if if you're betting on it jason taylor and tyler lacy probably the best odds to get draft actually drafted not just sign undrafted free agency contracts all right we'll leave it there for this week you can download us for free at google apple or spotify and we really appreciate you checking us out dean appreciate the knowledge as always and we'll talk next week of course